that to me is like the perfect, like right in the middle of like, yeah, fault and responsibility, right? It's not anybody's fault if they're falling prey to a really good scam, but you do have to be responsible for where you're putting your energy or where you're putting your time, where you're putting your money. Mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, I just made a post the other day actually on Instagram that was like how to escape that like must buy mentality of like people just being like, oh my God, if you're feeling like this, you have to spend five figures on this, you know, course, or you have to invest in this and that'll solve all of your problems. And I think like, especially for me, at least in business, it's so easy to be like, oh my God, you're right. I will spend this money. It's a write-off. I'll spend it. (laughs) So like shaking that best must buy mentality, especially when you're faced with so much marketing that is designed to play on our fears, fear based mm-hmm. marketing these days. It's all over the place. I mean, it always has been, but like, yeah, getting being able to get to the root cause of your actual problems is a skill I think that everybody needs to practice. And like starting mm-hmm. with like what you're feeling now and working backwards through it to like find like what the root is. product photography agency in 2021 because we wanted to create a work environment where we could finally show up as our whole authentic selves. Now we're hosting conversations with other entrepreneurs and industry professionals on how they were able to do the same for themselves and their clients. We believe there is no separating business from emotions. Welcome to the Sensitive Business Podcast. We're your hosts, Nisa and Tabari. Founders of Ginger and Carrot Productions. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another Sensitive Business Podcast episode. This week, we sat down with Corey Whitby. She is a conversion copywriter and messaging strategist who believes it is never just words on a page, it's how your brand becomes a fan favorite. Now, this week, we talk about finding some kind of balance between our lives and social media and what it means to get all your clients social media, but also take a break from it. Her love for rats and how to seek out ethical treatment with the companies that we work with. So we had a really good time with this episode, lots of funs and laughs and screams and jokes being made. And we can't wait to get into it. Corey, welcome to the Sensitive Business Podcast. How are you? Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I am very excited to be here um it's you know top of the year so we're kicking it off in a really fun way this is really fun for me um yeah how are you guys oh my god thank you so much for asking it's funny (laughs) i was thinking because i was thinking the last episode like we always ask people how they're doing we never talk about how we're doing and i just like Maybe and the people want to know how are you okay you want to go first nisa Yeah, I'm excited to be here too, because I've been Mm -hmm. wanting to have you on the podcast for a while. And I am also on a high because we're in the middle of a really exciting project. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, we're, we're new to business. So it's like finding your ideal people is a process and we're getting closer and closer. And this project validates how close we are to knowing the people that we want to serve where they need to be and the type of people that will vibe and work with us and 
that just feels so good. So I, because of that, my spirits are high right now. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. I also excited to be here and the project is giving me life. It's like we talked about before the call, it's the light and <laughs> in the darkness <laughs> the the storm, end of the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, as we are moving again, as most people know, we're moving from Atlanta to California and Venice. And that's been a whole process. And we, we've just been toughing it out and doing whatever it takes, but the mm-hmm. self-care and the personal, the co, um, not the co co-mingling, the, uh, Co-regulating. Co-regulating. Thank you. Uh, the co-regulating has not <laughs> been for us. And we've just been like kind of forgetting that we got to take care of ourselves and each other even more now because we're going through a hard time and we're doing a lot. And I am, I've been tired like cons- consistently for like weeks. And I'm, that's mm-hmm. like, but not like exhausted. Like I can't keep going. Just like tired. Like I just want to rest and get stuff done. And like, I've been prioritizing getting stuff done and prioritizing like not filling my days up filling my evenings up and working all late because it's easily if you get so much to do you can easily work in late yeah. and then just kind of feedback that loop so that has been the thing and I took a nice nap today <laughs> so yeah that's so great yeah so I'm I'm, I'm ready for the, tonight and this evening and this weekend and we're almost there less than a week away from the move wow yay Which is wild. <laughs> yay it went from Two months to a month to like, oh my god, it's next week. Like, yeah, like we got eight I weeks. almost scheduled something for Friday, and I looked on the calendar like, oh, I can't do that at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I yeah, time becomes just like this mushy. I've been calling it. I've been saying time feels like oatmeal. It just is like <laughs> mushy and thick, and you can't tell where you are or what's going on. Like that's been the whole end of the year. I was like, time is oatmeal. And now it's like starting to thin out again, make a little bit more sense. But yeah. yeah. Add some milk to the bowl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Finally. That's funny. We talked about this before, but when I first um, met Nisa, she was making oatmeal with milk. And I was like, how decadent. Because when I was growing up, a lot of siblings in the house and making milk with like an oatmeal with milk was like heresy. It was like, what you doing? You get a splash after it's done cooking with the water and whatnot. You add your brown sugar and everything, but you can't cook it with it. And so I never cooked it with milk. That is like luxury. It is. It's it like it, it's the way to do it. Like it tastes watery if you cook it. It does taste water. watery. It does. Once you go it back does, you and milk, that's you, what in my mind oatmeal is supposed to taste like. If you go to milk, you want everybody to go back. I guarantee it. Like I well, what I really do is I use coconut milk. Mm. Yeah. Because okay. it's it really gets it thick. And then you almost have like a little like custard situation. That's too thick. But <laughs> And then coconut milk is like really budget friendly because you can get it by the can and like yeah I they would have those little teeny ones that are just a couple ounces yeah. and so I would do a whole one so I wouldn't have to like store the rest of it I would just do one of those little mini cans in it and that's what I would that was like the thing when I was eating oatmeal that's what I would do mostly mm-hmm. wow I'll try I'm, it <laughs> I'm telling you it's lit oatmeal with oat milk. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> because we we use whole milk regularly. I think one day, um, I think I've used almond milk on this stuff before. One day, all we had was like oat milk in there, and I was like, 
I have to use this. Like, <laughs> and so I use it. I'm a like, funny thought. You're like reinfusing the oat, the milk right. back into the oats. Like, <laughs> is, like, is that cannibalism? I was like, no, yeah. I don't think so. I was like, <laughs> That's what I told him. I was like, this is cannibalism. <laughs> it's like milk and You know, it's like yeah, it's like that. It's like that. <laughs> so, Corey, our favorite question. What do you fuck with? <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, I, that's a big question. Do you mean like in business, in life? Like what are there any rules? You However, could. it resonates with you. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's such a hard question. You know, so I am a a copywriter for people listening who don't know. I work primarily with like online business owners, entrepreneurs, creatives kind of in that space. And so I run into a lot of things on a daily basis, honestly, that I fuck with and that I don't fuck with. And I know we'll get to the second one later. Um, I think one thing that just like sprung to mind that I've been fucking with a lot recently that I actually made a post about the other day is like, I've been loving vintage, um, print ads like I always feel like as I mean as anybody who creates anything but especially as somebody who writes for a living it's so easy to absorb just all of the words that you're seeing on the internet and like have those stick in your brain subconsciously and take all of your inspiration from things that the their peers are creating and that just creates this like crazy echo chamber of ideas where nothing is original and everything is just repetitive and boring and so I've been trying really hard to find other places to source inspiration to like find things that I like and I found a lot of that inspiration recently through vintage print ads so they'll be like I found them on Pinterest. They're really easy to find. A lot of them are <laughs> like, uh, I've also fucked with Pinterest. <laughs> a lot of them are like vintage car ads. Like Volvo mm-hmm. has some really awesome ones. Um, there's an, a really great like original Game Boy one where it's like a picture of like a back pocket with a Game Boy in it. And yeah. then it says like, one. keep it in your pants. It's so yeah and it's it's and that is like really just like fucking with though that has been a really good source of inspiration but mostly just like for me my focus recently has been on finding things to feel inspired by or Mm. to inspire my work that are that's outside of the space that I'm in because I already have no offense to my fellow copywriters but I already have everybody muted I don't look at their work I don't Mm. look at their Mm. posts because I can't be subjecting myself to that because I'm so scared that I'll like subconsciously rip people off but I want to like take one step further than that even you know we've done the same thing I don't follow a lot of photographers like like if the only photographers I follow are ones that I'm friends with personally yeah. that are not that good at keeping up with their Instagram page. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say that are not that good at 
And I've talked to them and we have a relationship. I follow them and I know that their style is so dramatically different. Yeah. Or at a level that we can't reach right now because they're working with like five and six figure budgets, something where it's like, there's just no way I would recreate this, but everybody else I don't follow. And I recently did another ad purge where I went through all the ads I was getting and hiding all of them and giving mm. feedback on all of them and went mm. through and engaged with the content that I really, really like and want more of. And it's basically just all the content of our ideal people, mm-hmm. but I just stopped following even those like photographer reels of like, what does this button do? Ah, it does this. I'm like, my ideal clients don't give a shit about that. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, like you'll get, you'll have a viral moment, but no one that I want to work with is like, oh, I saw that reel you made about your Nikon and I decided that you were the one. Like that's never right. happened. <laughs> and I, at first I felt kind of guilty because I was like, I want to support my peers and I want to connect with them. But I'm like, unfortunately there's this other impact that social media has that I have to be really aware of. And it's like nothing against them, but I have to just be mindful of how this thing is working. And it's really not about them as much as about the platform that I have to really make sure I'm working to my advantage. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's great. I also, I love the idea of doing like an ad audit, honestly, and like, yeah, controlling the content that you get served a little bit more. I would have, I would never think to do that, but I think that's really smart. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just ignoring stuff and just like, <laughs> did I get that's, done? Yeah, that? me too. I'm like, scroll, scroll. <laughs> Ignore definitely is a part of it too. And mm-hmm. it's just funny because I never thought it was that deep until this moment now because I'm like I guess I literally do this on a weekly basis but like mm-hmm. I ignore like I just weekly. I things, like mm-hmm. how long you watch the video for and mm-hmm. whether or not you saved it or sent it to someone else and so mm-hmm. I in the very least I'll scroll past it very quickly because even that is like a data <laughs> point and then if it's something that I never ever want to see again then I'll hide it and then doing that audit really helps because it takes a little while. It takes like a couple of weeks for them to pick mm-hmm. up on it. But in LinkedIn, it's even slower than that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. over time, you'll notice like, oh, you stop getting this annoying notification. Like I would get notifications like, sometimes I've started a new job, like all the time. And I was like, I don't care. Like where are the, mm-hmm. where are the marketing directors? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a couple of months of like seeking it out. Then they started showing up organically in my feed more. Mm-hmm. But it, I realized I had to like force it, train <laughs> the algorithm. Yeah, that's the thing that's yeah. interesting too for me. It's like lately, social media in general, um, and particularly um, what I do in my leisure, which is like TikTok and, and mm-hmm. Instagram. They've been more like lately. I've been feeling that they've been more trouble than they're worth. Well, how much I like, there's a lot of information on there. Like I get my news from there a lot of times, or it take me to places where I can get the news more and read the whole story. And of course, the memes. And everything and the connection <laughs> of course i love the memes but i'm feeling like it's i'm feeling like this way for a while like at least a few months and we talked about it before and i'm ready to take a step back at least take the take the, the apps off of my phone something about the ready accessibility and sometimes i find myself like distracted for even like a 10 or 15 minutes sitting mm-hmm. on it and i feel that i'm wasting like I'm wasting the time on it, even though I'm like engaged in something like I'm like, I might be learning something or exploring certain things. 
and TikTok is really good at this because it's always new stuff coming up. I guess the whole thing is like new yeah. stuff. And I'm feeling burned out on it. <laughs> and you mentioned it again. I'm like, yeah. even that, I don't want to do all that to make it to, to curate a certain way. Cause I'm like, that's exhausting too. And I just I haven't felt like this way for a while. I don't know what I would, what I would, what to do with it yet, but mm-hmm. that's just, I, I remember that too. I'm like, it's, it's so much work. Yeah. I actually sense like almost like a cultural shift towards that. I feel like the, like, you know, the collective attitude about things like social media kind of Mm -hmm. ebbs and flows. And I think right now we're all sort of in an ebb where everybody's trying to like find a balance and stop letting TikTok like control our brains. And like, they were like, you know, finally catching up with the fact that like, oh, this is actually, it's so enjoyable that Mm -hmm. it's like, literally like eating candy for dinner every night it's just yeah. rotting away at our brains yeah. and I think that, like because I've been feeling the same way and even in my business I you know I rely on social media entirely to find my clients yeah. um Instagram has been my my best asset my best tool for connecting with people and finding clients but like I'm trying to do that without with while spending as little time as humanly possible, like actually Mm -hmm. on there. Like I still want to be able to connect with people, but I am feeling the same way where it's like, it's so it's, it's more work than it's worth. And I'm also like, you know, using an app like TikTok for leisure. Yeah. You're bombarded with so much information on a daily basis and you see all these cool things and you're like, Oh, I should try that. Or I should buy that. Or I should do that. But then you never like, commit the time to following through on anything because you are on to the next five mm. second video right. <laughs> and then it's gone from your brain and it's like yeah. I mean truly I just want to I want my attention span back <laughs> <laughs> bring yeah. back attention span yeah. Of course the business, yeah I want that to have going on and not to be like I'm not ready to leave my account and put you know remember to like gone it forever but I do need a break because even the yeah. the schedule is like a bit much i'm like it's taking up so much brain space and yeah. tiktok has this really powerful insidious ability to like to present truth really easily mm-hmm. and i'll find myself thinking about that and acting as if like a mentor or a coach told me like certain things um and the stuff is like sometimes like more often not factual but it's just really dangerous. The way it, I feel like it's dangerous because it's weirdly skips over all of my like checks and balances. And like, it's just like, oh, here's yeah, two. Yeah. And so that's yeah. a personal thing. But I think it just has a, a, a ability to do that. I'm not sure if it's intentional, maybe, maybe not. Who it's knows? probably intentional. Someone probably wrote it to be like that. But yeah, that's 100% true. So with that i feel like we've naturally segued into of it of course always i have of to stuff course, on my chest. Right? let me tell you about the letter driver no, I... <laughs> but i can keep going i fuck with um oh one thing that i could talk about that people are always horrified about is so i fuck really hard with rats like really? um <laughs> i have pet rats i'm sitting here looking at their cage right now they're like eating lunch um so that's like usually my like two truths and a lie a little like fun fact is that like <laughs> i love rats it's on my about page on my website it's like my name is Corey and i love rats um <laughs> that is so funny oh my god people are usually horrified by that i okay so i think 
at some point in my childhood, my parents probably had a friend that had pet rats and I was like Mm -hmm. obsessed. And so I grew up being like, can I please get rats? Can I please get rats? And my mom was like, fuck that. Like, (laughs) absolutely not. And then it like wired, a wire in my brain just became like, okay, the the thing that adults do is get pet rats. (laughs) So I was like, when I become an adult, I'm going to get pet rats. That's gonna be like the indicator for me that I've become my own girl now. You can do what you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I, when I I moved to Chicago at 22, and then when I was 24, mm-hmm. I adopted my first pet rat. Wow. And then this is my second pair of them that I have now. They have a very short lifespan, which is sad, mm-hmm. but. That's like a fun fact that I usually use to like freak people out. I'm like, I love rats. <laughs> that is so funny because the first thing that came up for me is the fact that I watched that rat documentary on Hulu and I learned oh, no. so much about how smart they are and They're how so capable smart. they are and how rooted in community that they are. Mm-hmm. And the people, it, they were really like the um, the pest control department in New York City, an amazing case study, right, mm-hmm. of how they like have rat control and everything. And they were like, they're really community oriented. They stay together unless there's a food scarcity issue. And then it's like a different thing, like any other animal group. Mm-hmm. You can train them well past some breeds of dogs. Like they're that smart where you can train them to like, yeah. fetch do things like learn patterns like all these different things that you that you would associate with like a really intelligent dog and then also their immune systems are incredible and they evolve really quickly and it was like this whole thing and I was like yo this is so deep this is why this is why they're amazing at pesting because you really can't keep them down for very long you know <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> the resilience like it was really a story of resilience yeah. So the first thing that came to mind, the second thing that came to mind is I had a similar thing with dogs, even though everybody loves dogs, mm-hmm. it's like, whatever, not special. But mm-hmm. my parents were like, we're not getting a dog. Like, mm-hmm. And we're all Jamaican, so we grew up with dogs being outside things, right? So yeah. it's like, certainly they're not inside. And also there's this thing, I'm sure a little thing called racism, but a lot of Black people are afraid Nothing. of dogs. You know, and so when I first got my dog, similarly, I was like a little bit older. I was like 26, 27 when I first got Jennifer. And that was my first pet ever. And I would walk around the neighborhood and black kids would be like really afraid of her in the neighborhood. And so whenever they were curious and wanted to pet her, I'd always take the time, like no matter how late Mm -hmm. I was for work, I would take the time to let them pet her and give her a treat to kind of just like plant that seed of like dogs are friendly and, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. this can be fun and things like that. And there is this one kid, you know, some kids have like grown souls. (laughs) (laughs) It was like him, a younger, like toddler age sibling and his mom. Mom was scared. Toddler was scared. He stops. I'm walking Ginger. And he's like, that's your dog? I was like, yeah, that's my dog. My mama won't let me get no dogs. And I was like, yeah, you know, my mom didn't let me get a dog either. But now I have one. He was like, yep, because you've grown now. Because you can do whatever you want now. (laughs) (laughs) 
she's like declared my adulthood for me. It's my joke whenever like it comes up. Like, well, you've grown now. You can whatever you want now. Is <laughs> your coming of age moment? Coming of age moment. Like this kid just like great, like like established. Like he was yeah. like officially you are now an adult and like nobody has ever like like done that for me like I hadn't done it for myself mm. no one else in my life was like now that you're an adult like there was no ceremony no transition there is no so ceremony like, that's the thing too like graduation <laughs> don't count if I don't get a graduation and yeah. <laughs> you just gotta decide one day and then it's like oh fuck like <laughs> I just decided I'm an adult now I have to I don't know, think about buying a house. Yeah. <laughs> like taking a test and you're like, I, I read some of that. Like I read some of that book. Yeah, that I, but I'm ready for the test, right? It's like, no. <laughs> never. <laughs> Truly never. <laughs> I have a very important question. Yeah. What's what what the name of your, your rats? Yeah. are Moose and Grandpa. <laughs> oh and my God. Be great. Yeah, they're so cute. Was, I was kind of marveling over how smart they are this morning because so grandpa, like I said, they have really short lifespans. And so usually three years, if you're lucky, wow. they're two and a half. So they're like on their way out. Um, grandpa has a tumor that's like almost as big as him, but he's still like alive, sprightly, happy to be here. It just affects his mobility. And so I'm looking over at their cage and I'm like, huh, they, re- they rearranged everything last night. And it's, it's, it's funny. But then I realized they built almost like a ramp so that grandpa can get from the top floor of the cage, to the bottom floor without having to like hurt himself or jump or Me climb. And jaw jaw on the floor. I can't see the ground right a now. jaws on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> what? I'll send you a picture. When we're once we get off of this, but it's like constructed out of like boxes, like boxes that were in their cage. It's literally yeah. a ramp. It's crazy. You can get some humans. They to renovated the their home while you were asleep. <laughs> yeah, for mobility, for like accessibility. That is so woke. Wow. Oh my wow. god! So profound. Wow. <laughs> wow. I think you're changing my opinion of rats. I think you're doing that right there. I once these two are gone I'm gonna take a break on the rats for a minute but if I ever have kids and they're ever like mom can I get pet rats I'm gonna be like fuck yeah you can (laughs) (laughs) my pants (laughs) it's so funny too because when you look at things like turtles and turtles Mm -hmm. come to mind because there's also like the small creature that's in a cage usually they live so long. Like, it's actually such a huge commitment, especially for compared birds. to other animals that are gone in, like, oh 10 God. or so years. Yeah. And where were we at the Atlanta Film Festival? Yeah, we were, we watched Atlanta. that movie about that great. guy that raised the turtle, and his kids grew up and went to college, and he had to keep raising it. Yeah. But the turtle was depressed, and then he went to yeah, the turtle specialist. <laughs> That's too well, much. I mean, yeah. Was- Go ahead. He was like, the turtle specialist was like, turtles like to be outside in the grass and they actually need sunlight and they're actually very active once they have freedom and playtime. And you should have seen seen that fucking turtle running. (laughs) The transformation. The turtle was like, (laughs) we. 
it was <laughs> like first of all, turtles feet. are not even that slow. <laughs> the the yeah the um the smaller ones aren't that he was ready but he was like playing but i've seen them like take their time with the bigger ones but homie was yeah <laughs> sprinting across the ground <laughs> gallivanting yeah frolicking like the dad like the dad would like lay lay on in the yard and would like crawl over him and like keep running it was just <laughs> <laughs> and they went they had to go like you the uk for the the the, fr- the, the turtles, and she was like in her office, surrounded by turtles. She was they had, she had them all named, and she had, she was like, "Oh, so and so." I was like, "Some people just like when people say they don't grow up, it's like it's that, right?" It's yeah. just like you never lost that. Like, and Neil deGrasse Tyson said this: "It's like scientists, people like that, astronomers, people who are who didn't lose that that intense curiosity for wonder and yeah. for the unknown as they grew up, and they keep pursuing it." And it does put them to the outs of, of, of the rest of us sometimes because we want to be cool or we want whatever it is we want to be we want to do and uh-huh. like not like be too excited about stuff. It's like certain people are just like you know, I'm just out here, you know, looking at the stars. You know what I mean? The, the JWST telescope is out here. I'm just trying to find more galaxies and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you should have seen her. I was like, this girl is in her bag right now. You cannot tell her. A goddamn thing. <laughs> she these turtles are well taken care of. And you know there was somebody that was like, You really gonna take care of turtles for the rest mm-hmm. of your life? You know there was some kind of hater, some professor, mm-hmm. maybe a parent who's like, This is what you do all day, and you're and then she's like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, and what about it? it like, like... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh boy. That's hilarious. What was the subject too? What was the name of your first the first route? First two were named um, Cowboy and Sock. You're killing it with the names. And they they were very sweet. (laughs) Those two were lap rats. They would, I used to wear, these two are really shy, but I used to wear a hoodie, but I would put it on backwards so that the hood was in the front. And then I just put them in the hood and then just walk around. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) shout to my chest like a baby Bjorn. (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. Oh man, I was looking. This makes me think about last night. We were talking about different dog breeds and dog sizes. When I went, I was like rabbit hole, looking at like the biggest dogs and the mm-hmm. cutest dogs and the smartest dogs. And I was just like, the they had some of the cutest dogs. I was like basically about to cry at dinner because I was looking at just the cutest dogs and the cutest possible pictures. Those squishy faces, and then yeah. I saw the child again, the child, child, and I was like. I remember when I was a kid, that was a my uncle was dating somebody and they he was they were out going out of town and he's my dog sit. So I, I dog sit there, the dog Minx. Minx was this black child. Minx was so 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 calm and they didn't really bark and we just hung out and like <laughs> give the dog treats or whatever. You know what I mean? Um I also tried a dog treat before too, and not really. Oh my god. Okay, I'll 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 one up you on this. So when I was a kid, I was like obsessed with dogs. It was like a hyper fixation. I would read dog encyclopedias. I wanted to be a dog. I was like obsessed. <laughs> and we finally got a dog. We like adopted this dog. She was so cute. I loved her so much. And we would feed her 
wet food and I mm. loved her so much that every time she ate wet food I would be like I want to eat wet food too and so I would go and like I would pick the peas out of her wet food and eat them because I was like I love you so much I want to share your food with you I feel vindicated <laughs> no one's ever said anything like that about no I am not. I will embarrass myself on the internet to no end. I will lay it all out. <laughs> well, you know that dog food testing and don't fact check me on this because it was wow. on an old episode of, of like Oprah or the Tyra Banks show or some don't bullshit. Bring it, don't, don't bring old. But like dog food test tasting is a profession. Yeah. Oh my and god! People do have it. to like. They, it's like they're looking out for something to know like okay dogs are gonna like this or this is gonna sell or whatever but Wait, somebody's job is to do that damn they should have had baby meat or right. <laughs> I don't like these this is delicious I love it I was eating I was like I was like just a bit I was just like it's yeah. like fine I know it's, like, it's, it's not rich in favor of mold it's a little dry you know what I mean I was like Milk bone, more like that is a little dry. I can understand you right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so Corey, is there anything you want to get off your chest in the real moments, the real issues here on this podcast? Yeah, we're know. really getting down to it. Um, no, so is it so it's things we fuck with and then things we don't fuck with? Like, what's the what yes, the, essentially, yeah. A mm-hmm. rant, a read, something you get off your chest. Yeah. I mean, I'll bring it back to business. I have been struggling a lot recently with, um, so I don't know, this kind of like online business space is very strange. And I think that you guys are like peripherally a part of it in that you like work with a social media manager and, mm-hmm. you know, interact with businesses like mine. There's like this whole almost like ecosystem of businesses that are run and operated almost completely online. Um, And something that happens whenever there's like a community is that somebody figures out a way to take advantage of it and, you know, milk the most money out of it as possible. So something that I've been really struggling with and, and, and really hate hating recently is um, the sort of like, like girl boss business coaches mm. um, and the people who show up with no experience and no real authority and just position themselves as business coaches to like really just take advantage of people. And it's like a running joke in this quote unquote online space with like coaches, coaching coaches to coach people. <laughs> and that's really what it is. It's like, I can teach you how to, I'll coach you how to make six figures by coaching somebody else how to make six figures. And it's like this snake that eats its own tail of like bullshit of like just the regurgitated shit, teaching the outdated strategies, teaching nothing at all, talking about stupid stuff like vibrations and mindset and mindset's not stupid, but like stupid stuff. (laughs) (laughs) No, I get what you mean. It's like if you are there there the issues that they're not credentialed or they they don't have any Mm. um evidence that they actually do get those results. Um and And there's no regulation. There's no way to 
control that. And in an industry where there's no regulation, there's always going to be people who just swoop in and take advantage of it. And it, recently, more than ever, I, you know, I've just seen so many people lose money on it, mm. tons of money, lose, like, you know, faith in themselves, hope that mm. they could actually be an entrepreneur and be a business owner, lose their businesses because of stuff like that. And it just has been bubbling up inside of me. I call them Instagram coaches. It's not everybody who is a coach who is on Instagram, but it's like a very certain breed of person yeah. or of yeah. business. Yeah, it's given uh, multi-level marketing. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, yeah, and it just drives me insane because it makes all of us look bad. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. it does. <laughs> It does. It's the same thing like, like bad photographers way. who or bad like people who like just do a thing, get their money and like go. Um, mm -hmm. It was the same thing growing up because my dad has his own business cutting trees and it was always people who would come in cheaper and just like basically do it and like you disappear or don't finish half the money or take the tree down and leave it on the curb and do all this other stuff. And it's to see that shift over here too now is like always that like it's like kind of like um something in the wake of something bigger, you know, it's a yeah. huge movement everyone's doing to kind of like the great resonation or whatever. And then people are in the wake, like picking up the scragglers and everything. So it's just like predatory things. So yeah. Fuck yeah. That. that happens a lot in our industry as well as photographers and videographers, the things, and I ultimately we've decided that people who believe photographers normally do this, it's like a disqualifier of working with us because it's like I can't heal your like photography trauma yeah. but it happens yeah. a lot when people are like oh like they'll they'll ask crazy questions like um you'll film this video for us are you going to edit it why would I film a video and send you a bunch of the send you all the raws for you to edit like you barely can show up on zoom without a technical <laughs> issue like that doesn't make any sense or they'll say things like like for example we had somebody that flew a photographer out to he wasn't a photographer. island that's the thing he wasn't a photographer right like right <laughs> he was a graphic designer yeah. that chart that charged them a discounted rate to do a photography project on a remote island and the photos looked abysmal like i can't even describe oh. how bad the photos were like you would have been better off just using your phone and going outside on the front porch like yeah, they like were the so terrible and then because of that experience she was so hesitant to work with us and the irony is like the project that she wanted was so easy it was so easy. It would have been so easy for us to do. We would have delivered it so fast, but she was so hesitant. And in the end, we decided not to work with her because she was like putting up barriers at every step of the way. And I realized I was like, you kind of played yourself. You got played mm -hmm. <laughs> number yeah. one and you played yourself because you should have kind of found someone a little bit more qualified, found someone who had more evidence that they'd done this before. But people just... I don't know what the, whatever it is, the belief, the story that they're telling themselves, they're so desperate to, to solve this problem that they like forego their instincts or they forego like the knowledge that they already have. Mm -hmm. And I, 
it happens in every industry and it frustrates the hell out of me too, because yeah. when I'm faced with someone who's been through that, then I have to overcome that. It, like, it's yeah. not just, are we a good fit? It's like, let me completely change how you view this entire industry. And yeah. I was like, I've decided I don't even want to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, yeah, totally feel bad that you got scammed, that somebody took advantage of you and mm-hmm. that you were, you know, not happy with what happened rightfully so but then it's also just like it's that thing of like well I but what I would what I don't feel bad about is when people are trying to cut corners or cheat the system or you know get the cheapest price possible and then are like and then I got fucked over it's like of course you did right (laughs) what did you expect you like literally found like I, all the time, I hear horror stories about copywriters, and sometimes it really is just somebody taking advantage of somebody, which is just really sad, but then sometimes it'll be like, well, where did you find this copywriter? And they're like, Fiverr. And I'm like, okay, I don't feel that bad for you. This is like, (laughs) yeah, it was like that someone, uh, someone that we know, uh, basically, like, got scammed up to $30 from, like, a like a Instagram like scam. Oh, like, no, okay, cool. I'll leave it off. <laughs> no, you have to tell the story now. I can cut it out. I can cut it out. I can cut it right out. We'll talk about it no more. We can move on. Cut it off, but you have to tell me when you're done. When we're done recording. I, in summary, they got scammed. And let's just say that they should not have been scammed. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> no. No, that was only a victim blaming. And it's like. <laughs> well, the thing about it is that. <sighs> like, we can cut this all out. I guess it is victim blaming, but it's like under no circumstances is that scenario a thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Like under no circumstances. And this is why I don't do things like I don't enter raffles. I, I don't even play the lottery. I don't do anything. Yeah. I don't even do giveaways. Like I don't do none of that shit. Cause I'm like, I don't need the thing that they have so badly that I'm willing to go through hoops to get it. If I want it, I'll just buy it. Like that is the gift. And I do like the energy exchange of I'm interested in this thing so I'm going to invest in it, no matter how big or small. I do actually really enjoy that energy exchange, especially when you're going to solve my problem. It's yeah. really exciting to bring on that person or that product that you're excited about. I love that process. And so I find that a lot of times people who are victim of this, like the Instagram coaches or the scams or whatever the case may be, they were in search of something that was not energetically aligned with the, totally. the solution. And so it's not yeah. to say that it's their fault that that happens, but it's like when you go into a space, this is where all that is going on, right? It's like when you sit in the back of the bus, that's where all the kids who like to fight and get into trouble, that's where they sit. So if you're trying not to get into trouble and get dragged in the principal's office in a group, you might want to sit in the front of the bus, right? It's like, <laughs> it's kind of like, I look at it like that. It's like, mm. is it your fault that your friend dragged you into this shitty situation? No, but you also know that this is the likelihood, like these are the types of spaces where 
those things happen. So I just wouldn't even engage in those spaces. I so feel like, like a I, fault and responsibility conversation. Yeah, it's like fault yeah. and responsibility, right? It's mm-hmm. like take ownership over where you're putting your energy and your time and do your due diligence, you know, and you'll, you'll probably be okay. And if you still are a victim to a scam, then that's, that was a good ass scam. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. That, they have got you. That was a cult. Yeah, <laughs> literally. I love the way that you just put that. So something about me is that I tend to like jump to extremes really fast. It's like a lot of things are black and white in a way that I don't want it to be, but that's just how my brain works. So I don't want to hear people talk about it like the way that you just broke it down. Like that to me is like, the perfect like right in the middle of like yeah fault and responsibility right it's not anybody's fault if they're falling prey to a really good scam but you do have to be responsible for where you're putting your energy or where you're putting your time where you're putting your money Mm -hmm. I um yeah I just made a post the other day actually on Instagram that was like how to escape that like must buy mentality Mm -hmm. of like people just being like Oh my God, if you're feeling like this, you have to spend five figures on this, you know, course, or you have to invest in this and that'll solve all of your problems. And I think like, especially for me, at least in business, it's so easy to be like, oh my God, you're right. I will spend this money. It's a write-off. I'll spend it. (laughs) (laughs) So like shaking that best must buy mentality, especially when you're faced with so much marketing that is designed to play on our fears, fear-based marketing these days. It's all over the place. I mean, it always has been, but like, yeah, getting, being able to get to the root cause of your actual problems is a skill I think that everybody needs to practice. And like starting Mm -hmm. with like what you're feeling now and working backwards through it to like find like what the root is. And that's when, you know, that's when you can make like informed decisions. Yeah. I think that's the most empowering thing too as service providers is Mm -hmm. sometimes you got to make that call for somebody else. Like sometimes people come to us and, you know, they're, they're asking for photography or they're asking for some gifs, but what they, you know, that's the words that they're using, Mm -hmm. but what they're really asking for is like brand discovery. Like it's yeah. like an establishment yeah. of values, right? And I'm like, that's a very different conversation. Like mm-hmm. you have to have those questions answered really beforehand. And of course, like I know a lot about branding. I've, I've educated myself extensively on branding because the work that we do intersects with branding so much, but that's not what this offer that we're talking about right now is. So it's like, if you're coming, it, it, it's like, it's weird. It's like going to a lemonade stand and being like, let me get a vodka soda. <laughs> and you're like, girl, it's Girl Scout season. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> like, and I feel like that's what people do a lot of times. And people are like, let me just sell it. Right. Or no. I think a lot of times, and this is the dangerous part. I think a lot of coaches, it's not that they're even scamming. It's that they just it's that they really genuinely think that they can help this person and they need better qualifiers and they need to be able to see, I can't actually help that person. Like, you know, I'm helping people at the six and seven figure range and you just got started and you don't know anything about your ideal audience yet. So it's like, learn to turn people away and say, Hey, like, I don't think 
I, I don't think my service is going to really have the impact that you need it to have. Or I don't think this is the problem you should be solving right now. And let them like kind of sit with that. But it's like, I think people need to do a better job at qualifying because sometimes people are getting amazing results over here and then you join and you're not getting those results because there's something missing Mm -hmm. and what you needed to be ready in order to like benefit from what that person is offering. And it could be a mindset thing, could be a a mindset gap or another business milestone that you kind of have to hit before those things start to matter. But I think a lot of that too was qualifying. It's like, it's, it's, I spoke to an operations person because I was like, do I need this? And she was like, no, like you, you don't need this until you have multiple six figures and you can pay someone a six figure salary to like get this. And like that conversation was so amazing because it, I, I witnessed somebody being like, you're not ready for this at all. Like, yeah, this is conversation to have. I'm glad you're educating this, but people at this stage of business come to me for this thing that I offer and anyone that tells you otherwise run in the other direction. And I was like, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's really nice. And really, it is like really, I think empowering to be able to, I don't know, as a service provider, like I have gotten really good and I'm only getting better at, mm. you know, helping people understand whether or not copywriting is a good investment for them, what they could potentially need if copywriting isn't the right thing for them at at this time, like helping people kind of prescribe those brand issues. For me, that's Mm -hmm. how, you know, my work is. And it's definitely empowering to be able to be like, to turn away people who aren't ready for your work yet. And then it's, you know, Mm -hmm. if you believe in energetics and manifestation and that kind of stuff, and I do is like, then you're, you know, opening the door for something bigger and better, allowing mm-hmm. aligned people to come in, you're making room in your space. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think also like re the, you know, the co- whole coaching thing. Like, I think it also is such a, a messaging thing. Like for yeah. me, um, I think like, I'm so over, like I touched on a little bit, like messaging that is designed to make you feel like you're lacking something or like you're less than if you don't buy something or if you're, or, you know, to play up your fears. And I think like in the coaching space specifically, I've noticed a lot of messaging that's like, I can guarantee that you'll make six figures in your business. And it's like, that's not fair to promise to people. Like you can't Mm -hmm. promise like statistics like that. I guess, unless you have a hundred percent success rate of making sure (laughs) that people make six figures or you're going to pay them six figures or something, you know? So I think also like I, in the same vein, almost, I'm just so over, yeah, fear-based marketing, scare, scare tactics in marketing and, and negative messaging that focuses around the negatives. Right. I saw somebody that said, you want people to walk away from your content feeling smarter feeling mm-hmm. that they learned something from that. you and that they were better mm-hmm. off. And I was like, huh, like they got the tea, like, oh, you made me feel like privileged to know this so that yeah. I can think about it or tell somebody else about it. And I really like that instead of yeah, the fear base. Because for one, I'm like, I don't know what you're scared of. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to, I don't want you to come to me feeling scared and anxious because that energy is going to dictate the project. I want yeah. you to come to me feeling excited and ready and like, yeah 
it's sort of like the vacation feeling. I call it the Six Flags feeling of like, mm-hmm. it, you that. know, like Six Flags <laughs> tired where you're like, I had so much fun and I'm exhausted now from all the fun I had. Like, that's usually what we're going for where it's like, you know, we offer so much benefit and yeah, you could put it off forever and some businesses do, but, but, you know, you don't have to go to Six Flags. But if you go to Six Flags, you get to do all these amazing things. You're going to have this amazing experience. And then you'll have that memory and you'll probably go again next year. And it's like, I feel like that's the feeling that I go for. Because it is solving a problem. It is beneficial to have those experiences to like, to do the thrilling thing. You know, you do walk away and it manifests all these other things now that you're in flow. And like, that is important. Or you could not do it and you'll survive, sure. But yeah. you're just missing out on going to Six Flags. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and who wants that? Yeah. I feel like I always say like you want your audience to feel like you're on their side because you should be on their side. You are on their side. So really it's like, you know, from a messaging perspective, you know, you can talk about pain points. You know, you can talk about issues that people are having, but what the messaging shift really is from like, I can see that you're feeling like this and I want to help you. Or it's like, oh, you feel like this? Yeah, that sucks. Here, try this, you know? And it's like, that's the difference. It's just like being on somebody's (laughs) side as opposed to being like, oh, it really sucks that you're poor. Maybe you could try this and maybe we'll make you rich. It's like, oh my God. Like, my bully. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh my God, don't bully me. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're not like, cool unless, right? Yeah. It's like, I am cool. And the thing of, I think too, because I was, I played the trombone in school for 12 years. I played it from middle school all the way to like the first year of college. So I was never the cool person I was never the person that everybody talked about they didn't write about me in the yearbook like a lot of people have no clue who I am and would never recognize me if they saw me now if they weren't my personal personal friend right and so coming into business with still that's shaped so much right it's like I'm not the cool person that's like I'm doing a trendy thing I'm doing a viral thing whatever but I am the person that I'm like, you can sit at my table and none of that bullshit applies over here. <laughs> like, we're not going to call you out for those weird eyebrows. Like, we're not going to talk about your shoes and the t-shirt you have on that you obviously thrifted. Like, all that stuff is not happening over here. So bro, whatever it is that you're dealing with outside in this, like, high school politics or whatever, it ends at this table because we're just here to eat and be friends and talk about like Pokemon yeah. and like the upcoming field trip. And I feel like that same energy happens yeah. with our business where we're like, hey, like just be you. Like you're enough. Like you don't have to be this person, that person on chef's table. You don't have to be this celebrity, that celebrity. Like just be you. And that's enough. And that's good enough. And like, then when you show people that they're like oh my god like that's me it's like it's you like I feel like that is the most rewarding part for me yeah and I do feel like people you know as consumers and as business owners are seeking out that energy more and more like we're becoming pretty savvy at seeing through bad marketing unethical marketing mean people like I I think it's it's part of like that social media shift that we were talking about earlier that I like is that I feel like people are really just seeking 
empathy, kindness, responsibility, Mm -hmm. and like, you know, and acceptance. And I feel like people are expecting that of the businesses that they, you know, give their money to and the people that they give their time to. And that, I think that's really cool. hundred percent. I think it's time, Nisa. Is it time? Yeah. It's time for bops. Bops. Fingers. Fingers. Or bus. Bus. Okay. I'm excited. (laughs) When are we actually going to get the air horns? Is that just like a rumor? (laughs) You need to get like a soundboard. That has like air horns and then like, I don't know. We'll figure out how to get the soundboard. We need a soundboard. Because I have one on the computer, but it is, I don't know how to get it into the little, like, the line that can, so I can re-record it, but. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You gotta figure that out. Next time yeah. I'm on, I expect an air horn. <laughs> <laughs> I make sure for your episode when it comes out, you got air horns. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, Nisa's your turn to go first. I always go first. Oh, first. okay. okay. Yeah, no. I won't say always. <laughs> do you guys just come up with these off the dome, or do you have a list? So I come up with it on the fly. Tabari has a list and that's our dynamic because Tabari's oh, always ready that. and I'm always like, um, 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 and that's like wants to be a good one. I'm like, <laughs> and he kind of hated it at first. And I was like, it's my thing. I can't give up on it now. It's like, my no, you can grow, damn it. No. <laughs> Empower you. Learn something from this. Learn something from this. <laughs> it's out the tire, yeah. Okay. Bob's fingers are bust. Snow. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Honestly, I think it's a banger. Yeah. I love snow. Yay. Which is good because I live in Chicago and it's snowy <laughs> so many times out of the year. But I'm from Florida. And when people, when I tell like Uber drivers, will be like, where are you from? And I'm like, Florida. And they're like, what are you doing in Chicago? And I'm like, actually, I like it. I like, like the, the, but the winters. And I'm like, I like the winters, actually. Yeah. I mean, the hardest part is it's not the snow, it's not the cold, that sometimes the sun will just not come out for like weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I like the cold too. I was born in December, so I really enjoy the the cold and time and like especially living in Atlanta my whole life, it's like I can just mm. I, can, I can put on my layers. I get warm. That's fine. I can go inside. Yeah, it's just like good luck. <laughs> yeah, especially when you're in the south, like Atlanta, Florida, and it's so humid. It's yeah. like there's no escaping it. That's you're really just gonna be sweaty for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> and really, the annoying thing is that everyone overcompensates by blasting the air conditioning. So then yeah. you spend most of the day feeling cold, actually, because nobody's outside, you're inside, and then now it's 50 degrees again because everybody's got the thermostat down to yeah, 65. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so back before COVID, back in the office, I was like, y'all killing me with this. Like, mm-hmm. I'm over here with a cardigan on in the dead of June. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Boss banger a bus cats oh banger i love cats yeah we have i have a cat too his name is crunchwrap supreme oh my god (laughs) you are so good at naming it's ridiculous i mean when you think about it it's like kind of like a part it's it's my skill it's my job to like name things right right things but yeah crunchwrap supreme whippy cook i also i we joked recently that we should add 
so change Crunchwrap to with a K and then name him Crunchwrap Supreme Kardashian. But <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not his, his legal name yet. <laughs> wow. Somebody's going to listen to this episode and be like, Corey's a copywriter for me because... <laughs> It's like say you're a copywriter without saying you're a copywriter. Okay, <laughs> selling millions. <laughs> okay, it's my turn again. Okay, Bob's bangers are bust. Doritos. Mm, Bob's. That's just like it right in the middle for me. Mm. Take it or leave it. I feel the same way. I remember the first time I tried the Cool Ranch. I was like, I've been missing out this whole time. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like I've been eating just the nacho cheese for this long. I kind of like the sweet chili one or whatever yeah, that one those is. Those are bangers. But I never buy them. Yeah. I never buy them either. Yeah. But if it's at yeah. a party, I'm staying at the table. It's one of those things. It's like, I don't yeah. get it, but I'm like, maybe it's like working myself where I don't allow myself to access to certain things that I really enjoy but you know it's always something to work on yeah (laughs) after this once you're like settled into your new place go buy yourself a bag of Doritos you know what okay I'll take the advice yeah (laughs) Doritos and just like okay now I'm moved yeah now I'm an adult on your own couch and watch something that you really like and eat your Doritos that's great oh my god Soon come, almost there. Almost, almost there. A few more nights of sleep. With, with <laughs> a few more nights of the blow up bed, and we'll be good. <laughs> oh, I, that's horrible. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I feel bad. Yeah, we um because everything's not is like there's nothing in the house, and there's nowhere for dog to sleep. She some nights she'll sleep with us, and we don't normally do that. And so we're like, fuck it, we're moving. We let dog sleep with us, and so she was in the bed with us tonight, and I like I tried to. And Nisa fell right asleep because she was also tired. I was, apparently wasn't tired enough because <laughs> I was laying in bed and was like moving around and got so angry. I was like, I woke up, you know what I mean? Got out of bed and was like, I need to be exhausted. I need to go like watch TV or run around or something like that so I can so I pass out because right now I am like inconsolable and it's like one in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst when you're tired but not tired enough to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And the dog just right. like snoring, having the best time. It's like, get out of the Listen, shout out to my dad because he can sleep anywhere, anytime, any place on command. And like, yeah, I'm the same way. <laughs> that is an amazing skill. That's that is that, amazing skill. That's got to be useful on like planes and stuff. I can't sleep on a plane this year. Really? Yeah. I can close yeah. my eyes, but. Right, same. And like kind I of, I can't get stuck in that like half asleep, half awake kind of like limbo. But mm-mm. but then the weird part is like napping is a problem because I'm an all or nothing. Yeah. Like it was funny earlier when you were like, uh, I look at things as binaries too much. I'm like, I actually do that a lot too mm-hmm. because of like all the identities that I carry. So like things sometimes to a fault or like very like all or nothing for me and sleep is like that it's either i'm either going to sleep for eight hours or not at all because <laughs> if i try that napping shit my body's gonna be like what is this you promised a meal and you gave Easter. me a snack like what are we doing <laughs> you allow yourself to um 
to change to change that if you want to. Don't be a limiting belief, you you know. <laughs> I would love for it to be a limiting belief so that I could enjoy napping because that would be great. <laughs> Yeah. Instead of waking up feeling worse or feeling like a zombie. <laughs> All right, cool. Boss banger or bust naps. Right. <laughs> you know, honestly, it is a banger, but I will say I nine out of ten times wake up feeling worse. Damn. <laughs> like I love the feeling of na- being of napping right in the middle of the day, like falling asleep. It feels so good. And then I wake up and I'm like, where am I? What day is it? What year is it? Like it's what's my middle name like I forget everything about myself and then I'm like uh and then the rest of the day is hard but when it is right it's right mm-hmm. right I'm the same well, way yeah sometimes I just gotta have it I've been trying to tap into that more recently it's just like if I'm feeling tired just go ahead and just take a second because it actually does help and realizing how much yeah. how introverted I actually am it's like I do have to recharge my social yeah. battery before I go to people and doing that has made it easier and I'll, you're kind of, it's like you're going to miss out on some things. You go to sleep, you're like, I'm going to miss out. And then something to happen, like that when you're a kid and you go to bed at like seven, mm-hmm. and you're like, what are you guys doing? And like, nothing. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, actually, you're like, did not do anything. And like, that's that exciting. <laughs> go to bed. Yeah, my dad takes a 20 minute nap every single day. And yeah. it's like, I'm envious of that. First of all, 20 minutes, I could never, that's way too short. Yeah. But like at his he on his lunch break from work when he was working, he would just come home, take his 20 minute nap, take his lunch to go and then go back to work. And he was always like, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. You know what? I, you know I what? Me. I think we should experiment. Yeah, I think we should sure. try napping at different time intervals and see what feels the best. It's been working yeah. for me a bit like a nice solid because I had like, only had an hour before this call. I took a nice little nap. Yeah, <laughs> just say that. I feel like I need at least four hours. Wow, is that a, is that a nap? <laughs> is that a nap? <laughs> no, like and, there's got to be an in between. Like maybe I'm like maybe it's forty five minutes. Maybe is that a nap at 30 all? Thirty minutes. Maybe it's forty minutes. It's like because it's like it's like minute by minute. Like a part time job. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> that's and that's why I don't do it regularly. So but funny. if I've got a nap, I need a like. Out two hours is like the bare bare minimum. Four hours is like the sweet spot. Yeah. And then yeah, that's yeah, that's not really like, a nap. I'm like, on vacation and I can wake up and the night is young. But during the week, I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. And then you day. don't sleep that night, and then it like fucks everything up. That mm. part. No, I'm gonna go sleep at night. Try to stop me. Because <laughs> around ten o'clock hits, I'm like. Oh, it's getting kind of dark outside. Go ahead that is go. not an exaggeration, by yeah. the way. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, you're gonna start something new? What? Like it's like ten o'clock. It's ten, what do you mean? Start something new? It's That's, really yeah. My partner's like that too. I'll be like, well, because also in the winter here, it gets it'll get dark at four p.m. and so it'll be pitch black outside five thirty, and he's like, "Do I go to bed?" I'm like, "It's." Six o'clock. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem here. <laughs> He's like, "We'll just lay and watch TV." I'm like, "No, we have to stay out of bed until at least nine." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you go to sleep, you get the four hours. You know, you can wake up in the night and then get up in the morning. You get a whole thing. It's it's, it's fine. It's, it's one night when we were in LA. Tomorrow, we went to bed at like seven o'clock. It was going crazy. Oh, yeah. He's like, "I think it's my time," and I was like. 
<laughs> Just so you know, it is not night yet. It's definitely night. The sun is down. So evening. <laughs> and he went to bed. He like did his whole nighttime routine. He went to bed. Oh, and literally through the whole night. Woke up at like 5.30 the next morning, wow. bright and ready to go. And it was like, <laughs> I woke up at like 7.30 thinking I'm waking up early and he comes back. He's like, oh, I went on a walk. I had breakfast. Like, he was just like out of his head and I was like, and that's why I moved out of my face. Moving to Venice. Right there, right there. That energy right there is why I'm moving to Venice. I was like, yeah. this, is un- this energy here is unheard of and I just need to be in it all the time and I think about some time. I just look out the window. I'm just like, what a night. (laughs) (laughs) Tomorrow probably be like, that was the best night ever. (laughs) There's no problem. There's a problem because, again, like it's always, it was such a, I think I myself permission to do that too. Yeah. You know, like it's always like, I'm talking, I can stay up, I can do it. I'm not ready to go. It's all this extra shit. I'm like, what I want is rest. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. that's, you know what I mean? And that's like, it's, it is a challenge sometimes to tap into what you want. And that's my goal this last year with like therapy and my own self-discovery is like, what do I want? What do I need? Okay. Now mm-hmm. make a decision to go for it. That's step one is finding out what it is. Step two is like deciding to go for it. Yeah. I think that's nice. I always, I often find that at night, I, there's a name for it. I can't remember what it is, but doing this thing, catch myself doing the thing where, um, I'm like keep forcing myself to stay awake to like get more time out of the day. Yeah. I always feel like because I'm also like an extreme introvert. If I didn't have enough time to like do my own thing or be by mm. myself, I'm always like upset about it. And so like yeah, at night, like if I worked late or which last year I worked late a lot, that's like my number one thing this year is like you are stopping work at five. It doesn't matter if it's not done. It's like that whole thing of like you work in marketing, no one's gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. If I was like working late or had to work on the weekends or whatever, I would stay up until two in the morning trying to like read my book or knit or do whatever I wanted to do because I didn't get enough time. And then I would just be like miserable and also awake when I didn't want to be, but trying to not sleep. And, like, yeah, it's like sleep revenge or something like that. It's yeah. Kind of revenge. yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I'll be there sometimes too. That's why I have to catch the like... street train around midnight before midnight because I'm like, otherwise I'm like, well, I'm about to stay up now. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> We're up. I'll be up till eight now. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying about this Bob taking the bus is never rapid fire. It's always like, this, I this, stopped this. calling it rapid fire. I kind of like that. <laughs> I think you should keep calling it rapid fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's it's rapid fire another 30 minutes of podcast. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do one more each and then yeah okay 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 I'll okay, do one more. okay bob's bangers are buzzed i want to make it a good one <laughs> the nisa <laughs> i want to get a good one 2023 right there <laughs> bob's bangers are bust hiking oh oh bust <laughs> I so I grew up in a camping family. We mm-hmm. were out vacations meant camping and being outside, and the outside elements of it I don't hate, but I already hate walking enough. Like I just don't <laughs> like it. And so if there's like an added element of like going uphill or being hot or 
being in the middle of nowhere, like I can try really hard to enjoy it, but I never do. Mm. I feel that it's, being outside of nature is. I think it's like a. I don't know if it's. I, I don't. I don't say this necessarily an acquired taste. You do have to have like that already like desire to want to be outside. Yeah. Um, and if you don't, you and you're forced outside, you're like, I would rather be literally dead than doing <laughs> this right now. That's the key. You can't be forced because yeah. I had a similar relationship to it as you did until maybe two years ago, and it's because we started seeking it out. We went to Denver, mm-hmm. and that's when I was like do I like hiking? And I got like hiking boots for the first time in my life. You needed hiking boots and, co- and, and stuff I just was so scared. But then when I got there, everybody else was like, and they're like flip flops. And I was Chucks like, okay, well, whatever. We got our trekking poles and our boots. Yeah, and, right. and, we're like, <laughs> and we're like, old people were like, whoa, just a light walk. And I was like, okay, go ahead, girl. I love that for you. Yeah. <laughs> <Are> you, <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> But it changed, it changed my relationship to hiking because I was like, oh, it doesn't, you know, there's all these other things that I can do that will make it right for me. And then it just yeah. made me want to explore it more. But it, I never had a camping family because my family didn't go on vacation, period. Like vacation mm-hmm. meant we go to Jamaica because we go to a funeral for somebody you don't remember. Mm-hmm. So it was not even a thing. And so I, it was always mystified. It was always like this thing that other people do. Mm-hmm. And so later, and then when I would try to do it throughout my adulthood, it just, it was just okay at best, you know, but recently yeah. because I've been seeking out, it was like, what do I need out of a good hike? Until you and then me, now I really enjoy it. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> but it took me like it took a lot of self-discovery mm-hmm. and a lot of like yeah. adjusting and so people was, are like, I don't like it. I'm like, I see why, because I almost didn't like it also. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of unknowns yeah. if you're unsure, and then it's like all that everything when we're, we're trying something new, there's always that shame that comes up. That beginner yeah. shame and you're just like out of your yeah. depth and you always worse. We can come up to something like grump to you and be like, You're new. <laughs> and point <laughs> you like it's like it's always what comes up for us a lot. And depending yeah. on who you're doing it with, they don't help you with that. They're just like, Oh, dude, yeah. it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And then it's they don't fine. address your concerns, and that's yeah. like not good either. I really yeah. hate when people walk way far ahead of me and we're supposed to be walking together. I really hate that. Like, even if we're in a parking lot, I hate that. I'm like, why are you like 10 feet ahead of me? Like, are we, or are we not going to Ulta together? Like, that, like, that really <laughs> me. And I think it's because of hiking. <laughs> That's really funny. I'm like the world's slowest walker. The only person in the world that I've ever met that walked slower than me is my mom. And so I'm used to being left in the dust. I'm always like, you guys just go ahead. I'll be there eventually. Like, I'm such a slow walker. And my partner will be, because, you know, we live in Chicago. We walk a lot of places. So we'll be walking and he'll just, I'll just be doing my thing, going my, at my pace. And he'll like, be like, a block ahead of me not even realizing that he lost me <laughs> and i'll see him just like turn around and be like oh you know <laughs> stop and wait for me <laughs> but i think that's another reason that i don't like hiking because i'm a really slow walker so to me what's what's supposed to be like an hour-long hike is two hours for me mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. i like <laughs> that's real <laughs> okay last one boss bangers and bus or bust short stories short stories mm-hmm. 
I think it's a banger. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's Pence, but yeah. I have a good short story. I think I have right now what helps me a lot in the meantime is I, I want to read and sometimes I'm like, do you want to read a whole book? <laughs> like sometimes I'm always like, I just want to read some of the stuff and get us to a story and get out. So I have like a, a few. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I feel the gratification of having finished something but yeah, like, a story, yeah. yeah so i'll have like a couple of different books of short stories and also i get to like try a bunch of different uh, authors out and just yeah, see what i do like that where is that so yeah yeah Banger. Yay. Oh, yeah so Corey, where can the folks find you um the folks can find me on instagram and tiktok at by by Corey Whitby. So that's B Y K O R I W H I T B Y. And that is my business account. You can connect with me on there and find everything that you need. Well, thanks for joining yeah, us on the Sensitive Business Podcast. Hi, me. This is so much fun. Yeah, I love, this is like my favorite time of the day. I like <laughs> it's so reinvigorating. It's one of those things where where I'm talking to people and I actually get re like reinvigorated. It's, it's yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. Just I was like telling you where I was like, even if no one ever listens to the podcast, we would still do it because of yeah. how many awesome people we've gotten to talk to that yeah. otherwise would have never spoken yeah. to. <laughs> yeah, so just like we were just so stuff with you guys. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, you also have this like cool archive of conversations and thoughts and opinions mm-hmm. that I don't know, not a lot of people get to like own. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I really it's and it's like it's really rewarding here to just have a conversation. This also mm-hmm. keeps us out of the isolation because Mm-hmm. We work from home, you know what yeah. I mean? Like we're we're entrepreneurs and they're and we're photographers too, so creative. So they're not it'd be really easy to not find people like that because most people just like work and do something right. they want to do. And so it's gonna be yeah. really isolating. Even our friends and family. Totally you know, you get it now, yeah. but it's still like can be feel really isolating. And we have had a benefit that we have each other in this business, but yeah, still we still need that social interaction. And this is like Amazing way to like yeah, so much box that once. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I miss coworkers all the time. Matt and I used to share an office at our at our last place. So mm-hmm. as of last week, we stopped sharing an office. And this past week, I've been like, oh, I'm kind of lonely without him. <laughs> like, literally at the desk next to me. <laughs> I always get up and go to his office, but yeah. That's what we stopped. We used to work together in the same office. We found ourselves like doing half the work. Oh yeah, I never got anything done. Especially because he has a he has a job that's very like on and off. So he'll work really hard like in sprints. So he'll work really hard for two weeks and then do absolutely nothing for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So in those two weeks where he's doing fucking nothing, I'm always like, What you doing? You wanna watch a movie? Like, right. like yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, Yay. thanks for you again for being on the podcast and we'll Until next time. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Sensitive Business Podcast. Please be sure to leave us a review 
um, preferably five stars. <laughs> Help us get the word out. Share this podcast with at least one person. Y'all, we are photographers and videographers, and we love to work with restaurateurs, restaurant owners, and chefs. We are accepting clients for 2023. So if you're ready for your next big filming day, if you need some content, you need some food photography, some videography, and you need to really show up with vigilance, zeal, excitement for your business, for your restaurant, for your food, and get your story out there, then hit us up, you know? You can book a discovery call at calendly.com slash ginger and carrot. Bye, y'all.